Exodus 34, 28 says, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. What is the longest you've gone on a fast of whatever sort? I looked, there's a website. So it's titled, here's the longest people have survived without air, food, water, sunshine, or sleep. And then in bold print, it says, air, it says, do not attempt to break any of these records yourself. You could die. <laughs> what? Um, thank you for that information. <laughs> Wow. Oh my god. That's that's hilarious. Welcome to episode 276 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Shannon Weston, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. Happy New Year, by the way. It's Happy New Year. It's a new year. Uh, and the world's still on fire. Uh, but you can quench your thirst in a pub theology pint glass while supplies last. When you become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash ptlive and for a few dollars a month, you will get access to even more content, some pre and post show banter, like Brian being so ecstatic that Michigan won last night. Um, and if Woo. you don't have the video, you don't have the video on you're missing out him and missing out on him and all his michigan gear right now because why not um so and of course uh ogan just totally dropped the ball over the break and i'm about like three episodes behind on getting content up for <laughs> patreon but it's gonna be up i promise you it's coming your way and you don't want to miss it so patreon.com slash live and as always thank you to our current patrons Today we discuss morning thoughts, leveraging technology, fasting, and hope. So, when our new year, what are we drinking this new year? It's New Year brew. Brian, are you um, dry Januarying so, it? No, because oh you no. had a scotch last night. I am not dry Januarying it. In fact, today I am drinking champagne because who's got it better than <laughs> no. us? No, no. <laughs> Let's go. No. Hail, hail, Michigan! They are. The champions of college football 2023. Oh it. no. That is it's hilarious. Screw you... top champagne. That's how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Where's the, where's the pop? That's victory that's... tastes sweet. It, there was a little bit of pop. This is left over from New Year's, so it wasn't quite the full. Oh, pop. I got it. I got it. Partial pop. I got also have a beer as a backup, but uh it is not dry January. It is we are number one January. It is <laughs> not only did michigan win the championship but the you know lions are solidly in the playoffs won their division so you can't be dry january because yeah there's still football you're uh into and watching on we're still celebrating yeah absolutely ogan what are you drinking today um i i found a local the other local craft beer uh manufacturer they're called dread hop brewing 
and they have uh, a product called the South Coast Summer Ale, which I find interesting because um, every day here is summer. So I think right. they could have just called it ale. The ale. <laughs> how and, is it? Uh, I want to know, know how it is. It's uh, style. I, will, I, I will let you know in a couple seconds. Uh, I don't think I've had this one before. They make a really good porter. And my, my bottle opener just want to seem to work. Uh, all right, here we go. Give it a shot. Crisp, mm. a little hoppy, but not too hoppy. You know, I don't like hoppy bears. Um, this is good. Um, slightly, str- interestingly stronger, maltier taste than I expected. But but no, I like it. I like it very much. Good job, uh, Dread Hop, Dread Hop Brewing. Nice, nice. Shannon. So I got myself a twelve days of beer calendar, um, but I got it for the show. So over the next. 12 weeks, I'll be drinking German beers um, and they're, you know, they're pints. So even better. Um, So I just pulled the first one out. I just went with number one. So this is um, a Bramberger Roshbitter. And I'm not going to be able to pronounce all the breweries and all the whatever. But this is. um, Does that say smoke beer on the back? It's smoke beer. So I'm very curious (laughs) what smoke beer is. Wow. Um, it is a two times champion of the European star beer star. Um, and it is Bramberg's oldest brewery and former brew house for the Bishop. So I'm curious about it. So smoke beer is historically deeply rooted in the brewing tradition of Bramberg. The unique flavor is the beer style is created with the malts get indirectly dried with the help of beech firewood. Um, after brewing, the beer is stored in the historic cellar of Kosterbrau, where it develops an original Franconian character. I'm intrigued to hear what... I read that in German. No, just kidding. There's German <laughs> and there's English right that there. That's a quick quick translation. Quick translation. I want to hear how it tastes. Yeah, I'm curious. So we'll see. It's mm. dark. That is dark. Smoke beer. Smoke beer. Oof, easy. Wonder how you say smoke beer in German. Yeah. Well. This is a Marzen from the Schlenkerler. I've hoped I've pronounced that correctly. Brewery renowned for their smoked beers. And well, a Marzen is pretty much the smokiest of smoked beers we're gonna get. I took German, but I don't remember that. <laughs> oh wait, hold on, it'll tell me. Is oh cute. Smoke beer is historically. Oh well, no. It just it just says its translation for smoke beer in English is Das Roster beer. Roschbitter. Sure. The Rausch beer style. Roschbitter. I'm I'm, a, I'm, fire Google, I'm gonna fire up Google Translate and tell you right now. The old Rausch beer. Interesting. Rausch beer is uh the way they're translating it. Cool. So smoke beer, um, according to Google Translate, beer rach rachen, Russian. R A R A U C H T H. Ian. Yep. There you go. Rock yep. beer. So they got it right. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you? Congrats to you. Good job, German people, for German getting your German right. Actually, good job, Google Translate, for getting it right, although you should flip it, apparently. Yeah. Now, All right. now, 
I oh, one one last thing. So I just put yeah. smoke beer. Now I'm putting smoked as in past tense, smoked beer, and I got a whole different word. Oh, gera gera shirtis, G E R A with the umlaut U C H E R T E S beer. That's that's apparently that's apparently smoked past tense beer. So I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd be intrigued yeah. what the difference is. Um, this is know. this is smoky. Like is it? Mm-hmm. Sweet, <laughs> not it's not in a good way. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> ah, it's you know int- what? If, if but I don't like like smoky scotch and stuff. So Derek might like this actually. I gotcha. Smoky smoky beer, Russian beer. Are you like I'm butchering German right now? Are all right, Rush. We're and, done. And as much as I don't want to hear what you all think about when you first wake up in the morning, I think <laughs> we should move on. <laughs> On to today's topics. What was the first thing you thought about when you woke up this morning? Uh, first thing I thought about when I woke up this morning was Derek's alarm didn't go off and he said he would take the kids to school. <laughs> okay. That's fair. My first thought was I'm going to strangle those damn roosters. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, as I said in the pre-show, I reached over fired up my phone, saw Michigan in one and go like, oh my God, Brian, Brian's going to be a lot on the show today. <laughs> so that was, that was my well, second thought. I'm trying to do my part. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Um, but I, I, I'm learning to cultivate a habit of when I wake up to just lie there and stare at the ceiling and try not to have 4,000 thoughts occur right away. Like just, yeah, yeah just breathe ease into the day like a little, little mini wake up meditation because my body is not ready to go yet but my brain wants to just you know mm. it's like you know you know like when you have a, a a puppy that's been like waiting waiting at home for you and then you get home and it's like we gotta go for a walk we gotta go for a walk let's go let's go let's go i've been by myself it's like the brain was like you were asleep all night <laughs> let's go let's play let's play let's do it yeah i'm like no yeah, yeah. no no Calm down. Right. Because the second part of the question is, uh, do you tend to wake up with positive or negative thoughts? What would you say to that, Shannon? My, you typically. Knowing you're not first, a morning person. Well, I was going to say, typically my first thoughts are, um, is there like, is there coffee on my nightstand or do I have to get up and go get it? Like, that's <laughs> like, like it's, it's. Did Derek already, did he get up without me really knowing yet? Because that is certainly possible. And so there might be coffee on my nightstand. That is, so I think that is a positive thought. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Where is coffee? Where is coffee is my, like, and what do I have to do to get it? And I'm not, I'm not against doing things to get coffee. Um, But nonetheless. Yeah. um, No, I, for me, like it's usually positive unless it's like ridiculously early. And like every once in a while I'll go through phases where I'm waking up just for no reason, ridiculously early. Yeah. And that that's when I'm like, no, like that's when the negativity. Yeah. Yeah. In. That's no good. Yeah. But mostly it's, I mean, even this morning, I mean, like it was kit, like, is he going to get up? Is it, but it's, I still don't necessarily think that is negative thoughts i used to wake up every day and be like i don't want to every single day i would wake up and be like i, <laughs> I don't want to do this day at all yeah, yeah. 
I don't want to go to work. I don't want to whatever. And now I don't, I don't really have that anymore. Yeah. I, yeah, I woke me, up this morning. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I was going to say, I woke up this morning was like, did that really happen? Yes, that really happened. <laughs> and th- even though I went to bed at like 1.30 a.m. and woke up <sighs> at like 6.15 a.m. and was that's not enough sleep for me, but I'm like, it doesn't matter. I'm getting up with enthusiasm, an enthusiasm unknown to mankind because we just did that. <laughs> but in general, I would say I'm not a morning person and I kind of go back and forth. Like I, like I usually want more sleep. So there, there's that sort of like, oh, I got to get up. That's kind of a negative thought, but there's a little, like an undercurrent of optimism, like, well, it's a new day. Let's see what today has, uh, you know? I don't know. If you ask my wife, she'd say I probably wake up with negative thoughts because I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so so when we say morning person, I'm, I'm beginning to question what that means now. So is morning person someone who wakes up early or is someone a morning person, someone who wakes up and is as soon as they wake up, they're like ready to engage and are more productive early I think in the it's morning because... If I don't think you have to have both elements. I think you have to have the latter element, but not necessarily the the former. That might be right. Because I I can wake up. I can I generally wake up anywhere between six to eight a.m., which some would consider early, some would consider late. <laughs> but I am never ready to be functional before ten. Like that's Correct. just yes. You know, yeah. that's yes. just. I think who a I am. morning. I think a morning person, like the have to in that, is like. You have a morning person is someone who like is up ready, is most productive and productive, meaning like being away. I'm not saying they're work productive necessarily, but like in first thing in the morning and and like maybe loses energy throughout the day, maybe gets other surges. But I definitely like gain more energy late morning. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I'm on that track, too. I'm with with you both like. Before 10 a.m., don't have great expectations of me. Mm-mm. Right? Yeah, no. I, I peak I peak 11 to 2. Yeah. <laughs> Before yeah, that. And no, after that. Like, like, exactly. Not yeah. much good. I think that that's, I think we're all on the same page with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And then, you know, anyway. Yeah. No, I'm so it doesn't bode well. It doesn't bode well that we record this at like three in the afternoon. We should yeah, but I get to drink up. during it, and that's just different. That's just different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, that's fair. We're rewarding fair. ourselves for for, for go, pushing beyond our peak hours. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> so there was an article in Forbes magazine that predicts that in 2024, as generative AI finds its way into more of the applications we use every day, from search engines to office software to communication tools, it'll be like having a super smart personal assistant on hand 24-7, making us more efficient, faster, more productive, etc. And as we hand over more of our everyday menial brain work to AI, we'll find ourselves with more time to leverage our true, quote, our truly human skills. So I guess the question for us is, what are those truly human skills that we can't hand over to AI that only humans can do? And does this development of using AI more in our everyday tasks make you excited, make you nervous, something else? It makes me it makes me sad because here's the truth. Even if it does give us more time in this economy, more people are going to go and try and find more ways to make money. 
mm. in terms of like, oh, now I have more time to start a side hustle. Now I have more time to do these other things. We're not, we're, the, the average person I believe is not going to say, oh, AI gave me two, three more hours today. I'm going to nap or read a book or paint a picture or write another song because many of us can't afford that. Because I got to so, hustle. Mm-hmm. exactly exactly this is gonna take people's jobs you know and so so and there's that jobs. yeah you're right yeah and that being said if this is if somehow we can work around that what this what this would do for me is the great hope in this is that it would somehow bring us back to where we really should be functioning as humans because right like we're not equipped to make this many decisions we're like we weren't built to oh. have this much content right you know in in our life in our world to process this much information this quickly so there's part of me that's like so can this help us get back to what who like the way we're supposed to work as humans but my fear is that it does the opposite and like ogan said make us work faster 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 to kind of keep up and and actually take us away from what it is to be human which is actually pretty slow and you know you're saying in a positive sense in a positive sense could you say siri or you know whatever just as a stand-in for the ai siri what are the two things i really need to know today or worry about today and it's like, here's two things. You go all in on that. Don't worry about the other stuff. And you're saying maybe that's a positive because we're trying to do too many things. Well, I mean, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking more of like, if this took up my, um, but if this took up some of my mundane tasks that takes up my energy, maybe yeah. I'll get some of my energy back I got to yep. do more creative things. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of comparing that to, maybe it's not a fair comparison, but I'm kind of comparing it to like the grocery cereal aisle, right? Where there used to be three options. Now there's 5 million options. Even if I want Cheerios, what brand of Cheerios do I buy? What size do I want to buy? Like all of these little decisions. And they're all $6 a box. Right. And like how, and then, right. Like, so what size is the best price? What like, yes, but seriously, all of these decisions that I, that we're not as human beings, we're just not equipped to make that many decisions. And which one's on sale, like really on sale and which one's a digital coupon that this particular store has made nearly impossible for me to access unless I have their app and a code and some other thing I can't figure out. That drives me nuts. (laughs) And when you, um, even though it has the QR code and you scan it, it doesn't do anything. It still doesn't work. Yeah. So it still doesn't work. I don't know that... AI AI is not at the point yet where I will trust it to no. to your point Brian pull yeah. those major decisions for me cuz I don't know if you guys have done this yet but I've asked I've asked uh, a couple of them to tell me about myself so I asked ChatGPT tell me what you know about Reverend Ogenholder drew a blank never heard of me nothing and there's a part of me that was both insulted and relieved right <laughs> right right oh got him so I asked Google Bard, and according to Google Google Bard AI, I graduated from Harvard. So I mean, <laughs> which Maybe I didn't. By the way, just to be clear, I did not too soon. Did not attend Harvard, much less graduate from it. So uh, 
you know, it's it's not ready yet. <laughs> it, yeah. it needs a little more. It needs a little more bacon. But we've already. We, I mean, we're already plugging it into things. You know, we're already redesigning. Like Microsoft is now, you know, redesigning its actual keyboard hardware with a with a with an AI button on the hardware. So it's like we're going all in on this before it's ready, and that always gives me cause for pause because what could possibly go wrong and i said to yet someone the other day like i've always been when it comes to technology and stuff kind of like an alpha consumer and this might be my old man get off my lawn moment because this thing ain't ready yet and and if you're asking me to use a technology where in the fine print on the bottom you say this thing can produce false results like why why are we excited about this? Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Well, you know what's yeah, funny? Trust I, it. I said this during the pre-show. So we we just bought a used but new to us car mm-hmm. and it's a 2014. And I went to hook up the Bluetooth to it, and mm-hmm. it and it technically has the capability, but like <laughs> it's not great. And yeah. it was funny because right. I was like, oh, yeah, this is like when Bluetooth was like super Early new, yes. but Early everything Bluetooth. was like every you had to have it like every yeah. new card had to have Bluetooth or it was obsolete. But it's terrible. It's awful. And so it makes me think of that as you're talking about it. Of like, I don't know that Bluetooth is necessarily better in a brand new car. But it's it's improved certainly from where it was. Yeah, you know? it, it 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 is it is better. And to the AI thing, they're actually like companies are actually advertising for folks to be hired to fact check AI, yeah. which I feel defeats the purpose of the AI. <laughs> right? Hey, more jobs. <laughs> so going back to the grocery real true, quick. True. So like all of our groceries, right, went to self scanning because right. they didn't have enough workers and we're really trying to get rid of our workers anyway, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Efficient. So yeah, more, to, the, more, more the latter than the former. Right, exactly. But, you know, and so we have a law in Maryland now that you it um, you have to pay for bags, like, and that's to get rid of the plastic bags. Sure. And so anyway, you so you bring your own grocery bags. Well, the, the scale things for the self-scanning goes like you have to get the person Nuts. every yep. time because you used your own bag and it goes crazy oh my and gosh. i'm like and not i'm not i'm n- never using i didn't love it to begin with like um so i started going back to a person well i went the to the worst. grocery store yesterday picked up a few things there's a line there's one person with it yeah. there's a line and everybody's like yeah we'll wait we'll totally wait yeah. so like wow. i don't know we're just gonna get back and, to doing and it to something and you, and you just said, Brian, about efficiency. This was never about efficiency. This was about maximizing profits. It's always yeah. been oh, about maximizing, maximizing yeah. profits. At But you they'll know, say efficiency or, you know, sure. customer service or I don't know, whatever. Right. It's, Until it, they've got a line for their person out the door and right. people say, well, I'm not shopping here until you get more cashiers on the line. You know, like. Yeah, where I, get- to at a Aldi, where I often go for groceries, they didn't have any self checkouts until some point midway last year and they took out like four of their human checkout lines and put in and they only have two human checkouts and i only wait for those like i never use yep. the cuz i have way too many things to try to self checkout like what yep and just yeah and to, I, and to your point shannon 
we we don't have to accept right. what they throw at us. And we keep forgetting that, you know, many of us are like, oh, self-checkout, I guess I got to do this now. No, no, you no, you don't. And yeah. and I've I've seen instances where because more people wait in line for human being, they started phasing out the self-checkout yes, because I've enough people too. weren't using them. So, yep. so you always have to remember that the ultimate power is in the hands of the consumers yep. and the employees, regardless of what they want to say to us. But, but we forget that because it's, we, we are lulled into that complacency of, Oh, it's just easier and quicker this way. We believe that narrative until to your point, we have enough experiences where we realize, no, this is not, I should not have to this should not take me 10 minutes longer because I brought my own bags and the scale right. can't adjust for that. And right. now I got to go. And they only have the one, one person for, you know, for the, like the fucking 20 checkout, checkout yeah. things. Who's exactly. running around because everybody's bags are messing up, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, it's exactly. interesting. Like I haven't, so I fully admit that like generative AI to me feels like a billionaire's toy. It feels like a billionaire's toy, yeah. much like the SpaceX rocket. Like it does. It feels mm -hmm. like a toy we created to make more money. What <laughs> I don't oppose, and I haven't done a lot of, but like I was working in Canva the other day, which, you know, is like a, a yeah. you know, media, whatever. Right. And what I'm not opposed to is like, I upload this document and it make social media posts out of my blog post. Yeah, they have like, like an AI component. They have an AI this. component that takes what I've written, pulls out the good information from it and creates something out of that for me like a designer. And I can then choose the color palette. I can choose the design. And that I don't mind, yeah. right? Like, Thank you for helping on that. That is helping to me because I I don't want to spend five hours picking a template, transferring the information, you know, things like that. Um, so anyway, I just I'm not you against see, so, all of it. So so but for for people like me, I like that process. For me, that's yeah, that's getting my creative itch right. scratch, right? Um, so I'm not I'm not against that I, I and I love that we can still have the option. My favorite is they're gonna say, take away they're gonna take away the option soon and the I the well, AI version is all we will have. I don't know. I I don't know. I hope not. Like I still do it when I want to do it, but right. when I'm in a hurry, when I like when it's a moment that I'm like this week is very busy for me and I'm like, I just need to put something out, this is a way to do that. And that's helpful, yeah. you know. Um, so I again, uh, and still not great. Like I still have to go in and correct stuff. But. So, so so to that part of the question are truly human skills. This this is the part that you know that make that makes me go okay. So what is I don't know what that means. And then I think about okay, the creativity piece of it, right? The the inception of the idea, the yeah. the imagineering, as Disney likes to put it, mm -hmm. the imagineering piece of it. Uh, don't sue me, Disney. Uh, the Imagineering piece of it is is the human skill factor part of it. And more and more, we see also that being replaced by by the AI. So like, for example, you know, AI is all about prompts. You have to get the right prompts and you have to ask it the right things. 
to, to generate. Right. So, so now, now our creative element is not in a product. Our creative element is now coming up with these prompts. Oh, so AI yeah. is, is changing our, how we create now. Yeah. Okay. You can get a job as and, a prompt engineer. Right. So, so this is, this is another fear that I have because now I don't need to be an artist. I just need to be a good prompter, <laughs> uh, right. right. To, to right. have, to have art generated. And, on yeah. and then we find ourselves in the case where again, it's generating things based on what's already been created by other people. So like, yeah, I don't know if you saw, it. but like New York times is suing it and other, uh, you know, authors and creators are suing because all, you know, things have been scrubbed to use for content or, or to, to generate new stuff without permission. And now, now there's, there's AI that's been developed to fool the original AI. So now we have artists who have, you know, we're creating software to plug into our digital art so that when AI goes sweeping the internet, it can't use the art that we create. And I'm it's like- the robot wars. This is what Derek has been waiting for. He has <laughs> been waiting for this. He's been waiting for the robot wars and the uh, octopus versus Ooh. dolphin war. Right. Oh coming. my God. Yes, but the problem with the robot wars is guess who's going to be the collateral damage? Us humans. It's not going to be good for us. Yes, I downloaded a, an Ooh. art AI app just this past week and I put in as a prompt Donald Trump eating a rabbit. And, it, and it produced a picture of him wearing bunny ears eating a burger. Why? Okay. Why? I, that, that's the, why? why? Why would that be the problem? It just that you came put? into my brain, like just to try something, just to see well, if it. First off, like eating rabbit. I mean, we don't call it rabbit, but like you, people eat rabbit. Like that is. Yes, yeah, but I, wanted, but like, I don't. That's not what he was thinking. I know. <laughs> I know. You haven't been to therapy yet, have you? You haven't. Yeah, this is his time. This is actually what he um this is actually what he woke up thinking about, but you know, he didn't want to say it. Oh my god. So he worked it he worked Trump, it in this way. Trump eats rabbit. Why? 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 I don't know. I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> oh my god, but have you seen some of the headshots of people? They're like, just for fun, I did AI headshots and like, oh my God. I'm yes. like, no, this is not good. This no. is not good. Uh, not good at all. Not good at all. All right. And I'm going to move us on as a human can do uh, to the next topic. Hey, um, I would have done it much sooner. <laughs> <Seriously>. <laughs> the show would have been done by now. <laughs> Let's move along. These aren't the droids you're looking for. All right. Exodus 3428 says, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. So question is, is it physically possible for a human to actually do what the text says Moses did? No bread or water for 40 days. And what is the longest you've gone on a fast of whatever sort? Um. So I just Googled. I was going to say, what's what's Google say? 
I could, I could. What does AI say? Yeah, you know, I love how we go on this super anti AI thing, and then we're like, I can't do it without Google. Oh my! Three days? Is it three days without water? I was thinking. So, so without food, without food, uh, the record is in the '60s. A man named Angus Barbieri survived for 382 days without any solid food. Wow. Okay, but he drank food. You know, he was drinking liquid Mm, bread. Maybe. Um, that's <laughs> called beer. <laughs> that's called beer. Uh, let's see. Without food or water, Guinness four days without water. Guinness World Records: the longest recorded case of survival without food and water is eighteen days. Oh. Really? Eighteen days wow. without food and water. Moses didn't even make the Guinness Book of World Records. Sad. <laughs> <sighs> so, Who are these people? Uh, what heathens they are <laughs> not so, taking the bible as an example of a record right. i mean so obviously you know 40 in the sort of biblical world is just sort of this symbolic number but a question for us is what is the longest you've ever gone without eating or drinking and discuss the role fasting has played in your own spiritual life if any <laughs> I'll, I'll start because it's like none. Like I Wait, don't. <laughs> I looked. There's a website. So it's titled "Here's the longest people have survived without air, food, water, sunshine, or sleep." And then in air. bold print, it says, "Air." It says, "Do not attempt to break any of these records yourself. You could die." <laughs> what? Um. Thank you for that information. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. That's that's hilarious. I mean, okay, AI must have written that because you funny. know. Actually, uh, humans are too stupid. They, of course, wrote that. Um, no, I just, uh, I'm throwing in because like fasting, fasting is not, not only is it not part of my tradition, it's just not something I've ever felt called to do spiritually, um, except for like, I have done silence, but that's not part of this. Um, right, like, which is a fast of a sort. It's a sort of a fast, but, you know, I mean, I've certainly been ill for a couple of days that I've... Um, whether it's like a stomach flu where I haven't eaten or, you know, tried to, but didn't broth, you know, whatever, um, or tequila and, you know, the next day or three weren't great. Okay. So, so, so sorry. Get off that website. (laughs) No, I'm down this rabbit hole now. Uh, So the 18 days. But are you eating the the rabbit while you do it? (laughs) (laughs) And what would I look like? Uh, that 18 day record apparently there's there's some question around that because it was an Austrian man an 18 year old Austrian man in 1979 who was accidentally left in a hold-in cell and he may or may not have licked condensation off the walls of the prison holy shit well of course he did like (gasps) right there were no rabbits so uh, there you go. Uh, Mahatma Gandhi went 21 days of complete starvation, only allowing himself infrequent sips of water. No, but like I'm pretty sure you can only so go a seven, couple of days without any. So seven days. So so people are saying uh, nutritionists and doctors are like seven days might be the might be the most you can get away with. Yeah, it. there's like in, a medical. I will say, yeah. in my more evangelical days, I I once did like a two and a half day fast and. And then was in line at McDonald's and just ordered like everything, which was not you a good way McDonald's to end it. McDonald's when you were done. No, it's not a good, not a good, not a good way to end it at all. That doesn't 
end well. Well, this was when I lived in Ankara, Turkey, and uh, I just needed something American-ish. And yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, I don't listen. I don't know if fasting serves any real purpose, honestly. Like well, you did, I've, like Ramadan, didn't you? I've done. Oh. I've done fasting. <laughs> no, we 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 kind of fudged Ramadan. Okay. Okay. Got it. Ramadan light a little a little bit and Ramadan and Ramadan is not complete it's not complete Faux Ramadan Famadan yes for Ramadan exactly for Ramadan Ramadan is not complete not eaten it's just set up to sundown right that you can't well right? that's what's so, interesting about this like days and nights because like in Ramadan yeah. it's just during the day yeah I, I, exactly so I mean any anybody can can last from sun up to sundown or not 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 eat the uh hey speak for yourself <laughs> <sighs> yeah moses um, didn't know what he was doing i mean this wasn't ramadan it wasn't uh you know yom kippur or a jewish thing like what was he doing why wasn't but, moses following mm-hmm. muhammad's calendar i don't understand seriously <laughs> i don't what was he thinking um as someone who has, to your point, Brian, in my earlier evangelical days, who, who's done a lot of fasting, mm-hmm. um, I I reflect and realize I achieve no more greater spiritual clarity or anything than a good meditation. Yeah. So in my now latter more spiritual, less religious days. So I don't I don't know the purpose fasting serves. I think it's it's a little bit bordering on spiritual abuse to say to someone, this is a test of your faith. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause and it does God lead is- you to this place of God help me. <laughs> well, Seriously. And like, as somebody, you know, I mean, we all did, but as the woman in the room that grew up during diet cultures prime, you know, it mm. really was like, and, and I just, I, I, read most of it it's not for me but um i read um uh jenny mccurdy's book um i'm glad my mother died her autobiography um yeah i heard about that i got a i got a little bit about halfway through it but like again this kind of starvation theme idea of like and i was thinking about this the other day of of just how abused um there was a meme that popped up that was like um, it was a headline on how millennials are buying less groceries and it was like marked it out and was like, can't afford food, you know, and like, yeah, not, and not spiritually it, motivated, not spiritually motivated. Well, it was like millennial, like millennials are buying less groceries and eating out less. And it was like, because we can't afford food or something. And then like somebody commented on it, like way to go millennials calling it intermittent fasting really just equals can't afford food, like, you know, or whatever. Right. But there's just this rhetoric of like, not, not eating is good. It's positive. It's, and again, like spiritually, some people find clarity with it. That's fine. Like some traditions do it like good. It just there's just such a negative context for me that I just was like, yeah, I'm staying I, away from it. You know, I mean, I would say it gave me certainly empathy and, and sympathy for folks who, who are in poverty or, or don't know and where their next meal is coming option. from or eat yeah. once a day where I, you know, if I choose as a, you know, Western, you know, by world standards, somewhat wealthy uh, person can just choose 
to eat every meal and in between, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you know, yeah. yeah, but it, I don't know. No, I will, I, I will say the, the times in the past that I did do fasting, um, it was amazing how much more time I had on my hands because the mm-hmm. amount of time that goes into, uh-huh. you know, getting food, preparing food, eating food, cleaning up after food, like, hours of the day mm-hmm. so so there was there was a productivity benefit it was like it. you had an ai but that was AI. about it there you go there you go angry angry intestinal right. angry See, that's what i want if that if that's, that's what, what ai does if <laughs> ai comes in prepares like does my shopping for me prepares my meals cleans yes. up after it like i'm fine with that that's what we what, need like that's the jetson ai i need yes. come on right. people like what is this write papers for me i don't need you to write papers for me <laughs> yeah that's the stuff i excel at i idiot. like to do that come on right come do i need my you to get dishes. my groceries cook my meal and do my dishes <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh i need a wife why can't ai be like i need a wife an ai wife <laughs> Yes. AI wife trademark trademark let's do that that's our next startup oh <laughs> no i mean this is a nice story of moses and you know whatever but also I also i you know i always gotta take with a grain of salt when uh people who are living in the desert say they're fasting is it that they're fasting or they're in the desert and just couldn't find food and water that's fair but he's right. at the top of the mountain like come on it didn't rain there wasn't mist in the morning like there was no manna. Know. he was licking he was licking the condensation off rocks i was gonna say <laughs> isn't manna still appearing every morning he was like, licking this is pre-manna i think and he's oh, he was licking condensation off the tablets off the tablets <laughs> which I mean, said he was ooh. licking thou shall not covet <laughs> <laughs> Our our final question. This is interesting. A world history and world religions high school teacher in Kane County, Illinois, proselytized and converted a Muslim student to Christianity against the parents' wishes. And according to the lawsuit the parents have brought against the school and I think against the teacher, the teacher taught classes in apologetics at local churches, allegedly promoted Christianity during uh, school meetings, evangelical meetings called uprising, and criticized other religions. Remember, this is a world religions teacher, proselytizing, criticizing other religions, but he was also very popular. He was named Educator of the Year for Kane County in 2015. Because of all the kids he converted? What's that? (laughs) I said because of all the kids he converted? Yeah, yeah, right. He was Educator, yeah, proselytizer of the year. And so then it's after Stockholm this, syndrome, <laughs> like, right after this couple's daughter converted, the teacher allegedly also introduced her to members of his church who offered to take her in if her family <gasps> disowned her because of her change in religion. So let's just talk about this situation. Like, how does this happen? And and the question is, are you so, sympathetic to the parents? Of course. Yes. How is a teacher allowed yes. to teach these classes while holding these views? So first thing I did was look up Kane County and where that was. Yeah, where is I Kane it was County? In the middle of nowhere, outside of Chicago. 
it's it's outside of Chicago, but like the outer, outer, outer. So if you if you as you go from from like east to west, the east of Kane County is like the outer, outer edges of Chicago suburbs. And then as you go west, it becomes much more rural. More rural. Right. So so it's like, all right, where in Kane County was he? Yeah. And and we also kind of know, you know painted in broad strokes that the more rural you get, the more conservative, religious, Republican you get. Okay. Again, that's not a hard, fast rule. Broad strokes, but but fair. But but fair. (laughs) Exactly. So, so once I said that, once I figured that out, I was like, oh, well then this story kind of makes sense because, because to, I think to be anything other than again, painted broad strokes, Christian in rural areas in America, you are an outlier. Do non-Christian folk exist in rural areas of America? Of course they do. Yes. But you're probably an outlier. Uh, Do folks who live in rural areas not vote for Trump? Sure. But they're probably outliers too. Uh, Like, so, so you could, you can sort of, again, draw some conclusions based on facts and data. Um, so so this story kind of makes sense. It's it's no different than than you know the the book bannons we're we're encountering now and uh you know in and and school board meetings that are just madhouses as people are trying to get books out of libraries and more allowances for that in more rural rural areas. I'm not throwing rural people under the bus, I'm just simply saying that. It's. I'm pretty sure this wouldn't have been happened. Would not have happened in downtown Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And as someone who lives in a rural place, you're not wrong. Yeah. No. It's. It's. I. I. This. We still have a system, like a school system, where this is absolutely not allowed. I mean, that's what I guess I'm stuck on, right? Is that like well, we have an uh, we have an official, an official school system where it's not allowed. But when you come down to an individual municipality, an individual yeah. town, well, even an individual school, a lot of allowances are made for a lot of things. Well, well because and- a lot of the admit school administration may attend the same church as this teacher, for example. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. But more than that, I think it points to local elections. And a school board that would allow this thing to take place freely and openly because we do know that they all go to the same church. (laughs) They all go to the same church. And a lot of, I mean, especially in rural places, like a lot of the people that do step into school board positions are leaders of conservative churches and things like, you know, like this is, this is preached from their pulpits that this is the right. Oh, this would be seen as a huge victory at his congregation. Absolutely. Yeah, and she would absolutely. be brought up front as a, you know, an example of evangelical evangelism success. Part of the lawsuit from the parents noted, complained that he gave her a Bible. And he's like, well, she asked for one. And then he said, but she first accessed the Bible on her cell phone, which her parents gave her. So he's trying to say, look, you gave her this device, which gave her access to my religion and, and to the Bible. So you can't really blame me for the technology and, and okay so 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 why is she asking for I, one if she already has one <laughs> right well, 
I mean, you said I a lot quicker than I did. Signed by certain politicians, so maybe <laughs> one of the autographs. Oh well, Joel Olstein will sign a Bible too, so you know. Well, and, there, you know, there you go. Because he wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so so you you don't ask the question about or mention that he's teaching a world religions class. You're right. Yeah, yes, that's the thing too. So so again, you can you can teach a thing you don't support. That's that, no, it's you know yes. how. So, so, so there's that you can teach a thing and be very biased about your teaching. Yes. Uh, Hinduism exists. Yes. Buddhism exists. Yes. All these other religions exist and they're not true religions. So you can say, I mean, you can hold that view. Those are false religions. They're false gods, you know, all the things you can, you can, but you can't you can say teach that, it that way um, in a public well, school. Clear- Clearly, you can. Depending <laughs> on, in Kane County, you can, <laughs> right? Educator of the year. So, so again, it's it's all about it's all about where you are, um, and yeah. I. So, so to be sympathetic to the parents, yes, I question where this lawsuit's gonna go. Other than like the only positive outcome I could see for this lawsuit is. Um, are they going to forbid the teacher from giving bias lessons? Well, that's not going to happen. Are they, is it going to cost the teacher his job? Probably a good idea. I but, think he, I think I read that he actually left to another school. Okay. District. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that's voluntary. He's going to pass the problem on is what we're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, go do harm. Go do harm. Um, so they really else. are taking a page out of the church book and let's just pass them on to another. Exactly. Area. Oh exactly. Exactly. We've reassigned. But, I, but you know, we, we still live in a country where people are advocating. We need to bring prayers back into schools. Remember, we had that case yeah. that went to the Supreme Court about the football coach, coach. praying, praying, yeah. you know, at the games. So we still we still live in, in this country where Christian supremacy is a thing. Um, and that's well, gonna, go not ahead. only that, but like, so the, the fact that this is a popular teacher, like I, I fully admit that like, I, as having teenagers, I like, I don't know about you all and your kids, but like when they talk about the popular teacher who lets them eat lunch in their classroom and whatever, yeah. like there's a lot of me that I'm like that, that teacher doesn't have great boundaries and that teacher wants to be liked. And that teacher is uh-huh. got some kind of, like, I'm very suspicious of this favorite teacher versus like my favorite teachers who were like, I actually got the worst grades in their class, but they respected, like there was a respect to the, what they were teaching and how they were teaching it. And and they brought the you know, ruler on the back of your hand with a. I did not go to Catholic school. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, oh, I, I, I went to Anglican school. I got the ruler and the bamboo rod and the leather strap. No, um, but oh, oh yes, yes, no, it happened. But, but, but also that's just to your my point, point is right. Teenagers are dumb, and the po- most popular teacher to me, which is often the ones voted like. Right. You know, so you're saying year, this doesn't give him credibility. Right. I I don't think so. Yeah. Like personally. Right. And no, I, I well, flip flip side of that, some of the teachers who do that are also providing a safe space for yeah. some students who are outcasts, who yeah, right. get bullied in the lunchroom, who are not accepted by their peers, who might be queer, who might be trans, who need a safe space to who be might themselves. Be Muslim so, in a in a large which is, which is, so so 
that's where the kid that likes the teacher, there's a difference. So when this kid who's in the popular group, who in the blah, 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 and this teacher's doing that, and that's their favorite teacher, versus this kid who it doesn't want to eat lunch in the lunchroom and who doesn't whatever is going to this teacher's class. I I like that teacher. Like, no, right? you're but right. Like, because I'm suspicious of the other teacher. Yeah, and that teacher who is making space is gotcha. probably not educator of the year. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the popular kids don't like him. Because the popular kids don't like her. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, right. whatever. I'm just saying. Like, I'm just lifting no. that up as a. Did I see you switch to a Michigan beer? By the way. Uh, oh Oberon? yeah. So I'm sorry. I couldn't do the smoke beer. <laughs> at all. I couldn't do the it. The Roush beer is out. She tapped it, out. She tapped out. out. It's out. Um. So yeah. I. This is the Oberon Eclipse. I've never Such had this. Sweet. How is it? I know it's it's new. It's delicious. Oh. If you like an Oberon, which is a wheat beer, and this Hard is this is a little more citrusy, which cool. I'm pro. So yeah. You like it. Sorry, right. I did switch. I just couldn't. I couldn't do the smoke. No, you, you got to do it. It's a new year. I'm saving right. it for Derek. It's just not for me. This might be the first bear I've ever seen you tap out on. Well, I mean, I'm not a quitter, Ogan, but um, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, no, it's got to be really bad if if you are if you are like I can't like, drink this. I think Run. this is the second beer I've ever tapped out on on the show. And mm. I just, y'all, I am, I've, I've reached that place in my life where A, I have enough alcohol in my house that I don't have to be that choosy. And, and B, I'm, I'm too old to drink beer. I don't like. Um, and have, have you ever tapped out on a beer because it expired eight years ago? No, but I've never had that option. And I think that you should, exactly. by the way, you should not. <laughs> you drink I think that that's beer. pro. Yeah. 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 Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. <laughs> so, so I so, yes. think I, I don't have all I don't have this story in front of me, but I feel like I also read that this teacher turned around and sued the parents for like defamation. Oh, for God's sake. I, right. Like to, unintended. Well, because isn't that what you do? <laughs> I mean, when somebody sues you, don't you like find a way to sue them back just you turn the... the other cheek? I'll sue you back. Yeah. I'll sue the exactly. extra mile. I mean, I'm sure the church is somebody in the church offered to <laughs> be their lawyer for free. You're probably because that's right. the way that works. And honestly, it's gross. Like in a it's so it gross. gross. Like you know what's funny is like we're I think I'm assuming that this is like a big church when really it might be like a really, really small church. Right. Like a really, really small church. Yeah. You know, um, that is even more scary and icky. Almost, this student is like the know. fifth member of the youth group. Right. If that. <laughs> if 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 that if that. Um no, but also to be honest, as as much as all of this is like the the grossest part is here are some people who will take you in. I was just about to go there. Right. You. Just about that, to go there. Like that is yes. gag worthy. And that to me is what, what makes this suable quite honestly, and like the rest of it's a school board issue and whatever, but what makes this sue worthy is like, and here are, here's your new mommy and daddy. Congratulations. Well, well, what, you know, again, not knowing the full story, but the assumption, the assumption that her parents would kick her out right. is, you know, projection of what Christian families would do if one of their kids suddenly converted to Islam. Right. Like, yeah. you can't stay here. Oh, you're gay now? You're out. Like, yeah. this, They're this assuming is, that that's the response. Ex- the ex- exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's just, that's just hideous. Yeah, it's it sort of like, hideous. yeah, we know what Muslims are like. So if you need somewhere that's not like that, Here's some options. Which is actually what Christians are like. So like, right. 
right. you know. Hence, yeah, the projection. No. Now I, uh, I will say this. This is a lot. So um, when I was in college, I had a world religions course, and at spring break we went to Israel during that time. And one of the women who she was my roommate, um, she she was Muslim and she was uh, Jordanian by descent. And she had converted to Christianity and had not told her parents and um, wanted to be baptized in the Jordan River, you know, and and was and things like that. And it's and I will always have questions about her conversion and what that's, you know, whatever. But really, that was her choice. And I, I really so I'm not sitting here saying that that like she shouldn't have done that or she's going against hers she has every right to right. convert right That's individuals what, can make decisions yeah and and i'll even say that about this student in this situation that is her right that is her whatever maybe it has very little to do with the teacher if we heard her side of it and this is inappropriate on the teacher's part yes. both can absolutely be true um yeah. no you know. I, thank you for naming that i mean yes there is the uh, we you have to respect the autonomy of the individual, but you also have to look at the power dynamic, respect, you know, respected adult in the community and yeah. adolescent. And that is not right. an equal playing field. So if she, I and, mean, like if, and, if she were here today saying, I absolutely made this decision on my own. Great. I'm very happy for you. Right. And it's still inappropriate. And, and given the power dynamic you just described, did she make it on her own one? And Public schools are no place to be proselytizing. I don't care what faith you belong Period. to. Right. No, and I that, think that's not the place. Especially when your job is world religions teacher. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that's when you go out of your way as a Christian having that job to set aside your personal beliefs to mm -hmm. give a fair and full representation of what is out there religiously. I mean, you have to go out of your way to not promote your own if you want to do that job honestly think frankly i mean my so my my minor is in religious studies and i remember in our world religions like intro to world religions course now this was a college course but whatever like christianity played a very small role in it and i remember one of the students like why is christian you know like and he and my professor he said like we live in America where there's an assumption that, you know, Christianity is the dominant religion because, you know, statistically it is. it is. So why would I spend a lot of time on it yeah. when you already know the basics of Christianity? Everybody in this room knows the basics of Christianity, you know? So there's an argument to be made here that like, actually you want to do the opposite. You want to lift up other world religions and not Christianity in your world religions class. Yes, exactly. In a Christian dominant society, that's exactly the right approach. Yeah. Not not to mention that Christianity's only been around for what, two, two thousand years? Two thousand years. Com compared to some other world religions that far exceed it, uh, in terms of time, in terms of uh impact in the world. Uh yeah, like put it yeah. put it in its putting it in its rightful place. Um yeah. And, you know, speaking speaking of Christian supremacy, so we are just coming off another anniversary of January 6th. And, you know, as time goes on, we find out more and more. And I only just realized about one of the uh, one of the Christian nationalist groups that was really heavily 
involved in conversations allegedly with the with the White House and influencing this. Have you guys heard of the um, oh my god, what's it? The the New Apostolic Reformation no. group? Oh, these guys are fat. Listen, fascinating, right? They subscribe to something called a Dominion Theology. That name oh, yeah. just has problems all itself. Pretty bad. Right. So it it, it divides I mean, society also into two words that don't belong together. Whatever. <laughs> right into into seven mountains or or segments religion family education government media arts entertainment and business and their philosophy is that christians should be the ones in control of all of these segments of society oh, yeah. so a lot of the a lot of the push to help uh overturn the election results was like uh trump is trump is our guy he's our he's our christian okay. president again also two words that shouldn't go together when it comes to trump um and therefore it is it is our mission to to gain control of this element of society through through him um and our current speaker of the house um has very deep ties to to this organization as well and it's like uh we we know about christian nationalism but i don't think we really get how much they're working behind the scenes to 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 make this into a non pluralistic society yeah christian dominionism is like christian nationalism on steroids Right. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's really well, bad. I, I'll just you know the um I don't know that they're they belong to this, but the the documentary on the Duggars, the mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. fifteen thousand children and counting or whatever it is. Um, they were the quiverful. They were in the quiverful movement. Yeah, but they talk about this oh, idea okay. in it. They in in the documentary called um, I think it's called Shiny Happy People. And, um, right. but they talk about this, like uh, attacking media, politics, educate, like this is the strategy. This has been the strategy since the eighties, which is why you're seeing a lot of it now in the Supreme court. They were this, the person talking about this was focused on the Supreme court, but you know, like, um, I forget his, uh, Jim Bob or whatever his name is, Duggar, like ran for office and was in <laughs> office. I think his name is Jim Bob. Like, um, I do. I think his name is Jim Bob. I feel like I the really King do. County Educator of the Year also wins the Jim Bob Award. Yeah. The Jim um, Bob Award. Yeah. Well, you know, and she was Mother of the Year in Arkansas, whatever, how many, many years in a row. Anyway, so, mm-hmm. but, but, but the, this, they talk about this, like attacking these things and like Christians should yeah. be in charge of it right, and whatever. Right, right, right. They talk yeah. about that. And, 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 unless we think this is, um, just quaint and and doesn't have potential to to wreck us all. Um, on Instagram today, I in my stories I posted this picture, uh, and somebody wrote: "For anyone thinking women's rights can't get rolled back under a religious autocracy, I present to you female parliamentarians from Iran in the mid nineteen in the mid seventies. And there's a picture of like eight professionally dressed women who were part of Iran's parliament now think about where iran is right now right okay so religious extremism is does not end well for anyone least of all women least of all anybody who is not heteronormative so yeah 
not not a good sign. So maybe the inner the AI can take over. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's where we should go. Here's a huge so that, enormous mess. So oh. that maybe we shouldn't be freed up to do the things that only humans could do. <laughs> Let me put it that way. That's fair. So thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT Live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Our top cities this week are Benton Harbor, Michigan, Scarsdale, um, New York, and Boardsman, Michigan. I don't know where either of those places are. Um, you can watch the video of these conversations on Facebook Live when it does connect to Brian's Zoom, when it doesn't. Sorry. And if you'd like to start a pub theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. So you you joke about maybe the egg can take over. I'm concerned. I'm concerned that (laughs) with enough scrubbing of the internet, AI will develop a faith. And then which faith will it develop? And then we're in trouble. Well, listen, if, let's have if, that. Let's talk about that Iron next week. Man <laughs> has next taught week. us anything, it's that, you know, <laughs> war and destruction comes from AI because that's what humans have shown each other. <laughs>